What's going on, everybody? It's your boy HD, and we have our special guest today, Miranda, for episode seven of the Let's Talk Tech podcast. Let's give her a round of applause, please. All right, for y'all that don't know, Miranda runs mbs.tech.io. And I didn't ask you this before, but the MBS, is that your initials? So it's a combination of my initials and my daughter's initials. So Okay. Yeah. Got you. All right. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, I'll try to start more so like with your early years. I saw that. I, I read the about me and it said that you saw your dad uh, set up a whole computer network, I think around the age of eight. Yeah. So Ron, yeah. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Oh, okay. No, yeah. no, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So growing up, okay, <laughs> my dad, um, one smartest people I know, um, he he graduated from high school, fifteen, then had to wait to go to the army. Um, he passed the ASAP. He was it was so high. His test score was so high that um, <laughs> that he qualified for all the great you know kind of tech jobs, but he was just too young. Um, so eventually, um, he was able to get in. He worked for I, once he left, he worked for IBM. So he worked for IBM early, early on in the computer age. So like a computer, remember, was like a whole room. Um, he still has the key on his keychain from when he was like setting up, you know, that big room, which is one computer. So once he um, left IBM, he um, just did like volunteer work for our church and which was had a school that we went to and he set up every single computer in that school and my sisters and I either helped him do that watched him do that and that's how I got like my first introduction to computers so I was helping him build computers at a very very early age yeah speaking of that my next question after that was going to be and I just put it together since you said two years after that you built your own so I'm gonna say around the age of 10 you built your own computer I was definitely building my own computer. Like, um, it's so strange because back then I thought that was like completely normal. Like that was just like my life. So for me to like do that, um, you know, once my once school got out and my dad came to do that, like, you know, do, doing that two years later, that was just like kind of normal for me. You know what I mean? So yeah, I was building my first computer at about 10. That's cool. That's interesting. I think I, I don't know when I broke my first one, but <laughs> we'll get into it. But so before we get into like some of the the good questions, I kind of put that part out there from about you. Mm-hmm. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself for the viewers that, you know, don't know about you. OK. Um, so do you want me to kind of like like tell my story or just like where I am kind of now? You can you could do, you know, whatever, you know, you want to do and. um We'll rock with, like I said, that's the good thing about recording this. I'll cut this part out, so it doesn't matter no way. Cool. Okay, great. Okay, so a little bit about me. Um, I actually, so I'll just kind of do a little snippet about my background. Um, so I'm currently working in cybersecurity. Um, I kind of finally found my, my my calling in life at the age of 32. <laughs> um, I kind of figure out where I want to be. I didn't start there. I kind of had an unconventional start to tech. I didn't start in help desk, which I would never work, but um, I actually worked on the project side um, of an engineering program when I got out of college. Um, 
And so they, and I was like, that was my first experience into STEM. I didn't think I was really good in math. I just knew you had to have, like, understand math and be well-versed in math to be in any form of STEM, which is not, not the case. Um, so when I got into that program, I got my first clearance, which is a secret clearance. And then um, I was working for, so my, my, my major <clears throat> in undergrad was international relations. Like, that was my major that helped me graduate college. Because I was like, I did horrible in college. And I was like... I tell my counselor, like, what, what can I, what can I do? Like, what major can I pick where I can graduate? You know what I mean? So, um, but it, it actually turned out well. So once I got that job, it was for a missile that was um, multinational funded. And so um, I, so I got to travel around the world on this missile that was being built, which is, you know, engineering program, you know, got my clearance. I'm traveling throughout the world. Um, and they, and so I, I worked as kind of like a project coordinator, project analyst there. And so I had to understand what was being said in the room because I was I was kind of like a uh, fly on the wall, you know, doing actions, um, minutes, things of that nature. But I, you know, for me to like write out these things that make sense, I had to understand what, you know, what they were talking about in these meetings, right? And so mind you, these people have like huge accents, you know, I'm in these different countries, but um, so the people, which is, I'm so grateful for, they actually taught me everything I knew. Uh, and so that's when I started to build kind of this space of, okay, this kind of techie, which I didn't know yet, um, and project management and those. And so I kind of navigated through my career. Like I've worked for the White House, um, the technical programs. Um, I worked with so many different agencies within the government. So which landed me to where I am now, which is working as an ISO. And then I have a, a role as a sh- uh, SharePoint admin. But um, so right now I'm working as an ISO for an agency. Um, I'm also working toward my master's in cybersecurity as well. So that's a little snippet of my, my background. And that's what's up. And see, that's like, everything is like, like pretty interesting. I tell people all the time, but like, you know, with my endeavors that I've started that, you know, I've just been networking a lot and meeting all different type of people because I have a, I had a consultation with someone who wants to be in the SO space. And I, I have a friend. What area are you in? What region are you in? So I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. It's so funny, though, okay. how I became an ISO. And I'll tell I now, you know, for listeners who are like, oh, I don't know how to, you know, navigate from the space of this part of tech or maybe not even tech and all. So I came on as a project manager. Right. But I worked. Um, but I worked in a space where I had to improve like process improvement. Right. So mm-hmm. I noticed that. The security team, security and compliance team had an ISO process that was horrible. There was always a breakdown. We had to get this, these ATOs, these ATTs signed by our CIO. And it was a mess. And so we had things expiring, you know, it was a mess. So I created, I said, hey, I see you guys are kind of struggling. Like, let me just help you improve the process, if anything, right? And so um, that's when I first got my taste of cybersecurity because they're like well yeah you can definitely help us and one you're a great writer so i know you can put together these memos and then make, make it sense so that's how i kind of move into that space of cybersecurity. and then um the more and more and more i understood the process they taught me because they had such a, a short on staff they taught me everything so i started to assess controls i started to do poem so i'm began to slowly but surely evolve into this space of an ISO. But and that's only because I did process improvement and I'm a great writer, you know. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those transferable skills. 
Um, definitely a, a big point because of my, my last blog when I was talking about Sec Plus, I was telling people how when you go to an organization or company, the biggest thing that a lot of times they're looking for is somebody who can solve problems. And I was like, if you can solve a problem, you can prove your value. And so that's kind of the thing that I, I preach out to people most of the time. Sometimes entry level is not really, but when you're trying to get the big money, nine out of 10, they got some stuff going on that you need to fix. So I'm like, you can mm-hmm. prove you can do that by your resume or whatever you say in the interview, then you'll be straight. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of that, uh, I was going to say with that, but this whole thing is I'm going to probably connect her with you because uh, I don't, I have a friend that's an ISO and now, now I'm talking to you, but mm-hmm. as far as that space, that's not my lane that I know okay. about. So I normally, I'm a person that's like, well, you know what? I don't know that much about that. <laughs> Let's go holler at this person just because, you know, right. That's what I like to do, you know. I focus in the realm of more so like blue team right now with cybersecurity, and uh, with knowledge of like red team stuff mm-hmm. too. So I'm I'm better at that. Now let's That's get into that. That's crazy. Like I want to be huh? more technical, so I'm trying really? to move into that space. Yeah, yeah. I like kind of being um, the ISO is so high level. I guess because of my agency and I work so closely with the CIO. It's, I like to kind of be in this quiet space, kind of just getting kind of stuff done. Like, oh, Miranda, you did a great job of that. Thanks. And I go home. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, my ISO is so high level and so ugh, I hate it. So I'm trying to move into more of a technical space. Um, like what? <laughs> um, you know, and that's, I think I, I, I think I know which way I want to go, but I want to finish out my program, my master's program. And then I think I would really um, kind of, because you know, I kind of get my feet wet and a little bit of everything with my program. And then I think I can really decide uh, on what I really, really want to do. But uh, I know I want to be more, way more technical. Uh, so. Okay. You know, I'll be asking because I, I always check in our um, internal sites and crap like that for referrals and stuff. I'm like, okay. Okay. And then especially with so much stuff being remote, I'm like, you know, it's really the pandemic like a blessing in disguise because like now people ain't telling you to come in. They're like, oh, man, hey, it's 100% remote. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, what? Let's see. Because it was funny that you did rag on help desk. You know, I'm, <laughs> help, I'm the help desk champion. Um. But like, like I tell most people, like you're absolutely right though. If you feel like you had a skill set where you don't have to do, it, I just needed somewhere to work. But like, um, I tell some of my clients, like, man, you already got enough skills. You don't have to go do that. I'm like, we're gonna make sure that you don't have to go work in a help desk that's for people who really don't know what they want to do and they're just trying to get some type of experience mm-hmm. you have experience even though it's not directly related to cyber but you got experience so you don't have to go do that yeah but what made you what made you start mbs tech so i've always always enjoyed helping people um i think that is really my true calling in life and so i um you know, I've done, um, just especially after, well, no, even in college, I've done like big brother, big sister. I just always love giving back, especially to my people. And, um, and so I, um, you know, I've done like huge backpack giveaways, um, you know, sent people off to prom just on my own, just because it's like second age, that's just who I am. And so I just wanted to create this space um, with my technique, with my, you know, my, my tech background to help people kind of springboard into their role in tech. I actually, um, and the reason why I created, um, I have this 
space where I like, I, you know, offer these services, but I really, really, really wish I just want to do it for free. Uh, it's just that I just have so much going on that for me to like take time to do certain things, like I just know that it makes sense to get paid for. But long term, um, like, so this is, so I'll tell you this, and I haven't really told anyone this is my goal, but, and I feel like if I put it out there, then I'm just hold, hold myself accountable. So I'm, I'm, I'm in school getting my master's in cybersecurity technology. Um, once I graduate, Next year, I plan to get my doctoral degree. And so long-term goal is like to be in the space of diverse, like director of diversity inclusion. I already have these huge, you know, connects with like and with people in these large tech organizations. So I know that I can move into that space one day and that be a part of me, um, you know, being that that liaison that, that you know, kind of stop that gatekeeping and get these, you know, black people into tech. Um, you know, we, the technical world pays great money. Um, and, you know, we, you know, I'm pretty sure you see like these, all these, these wealth tweets or these wealth articles about black wealth. And, and so that, and, and, and so that along with her, then I want to create like a program too that I can eventually implement into public schools to help students, you know, especially inner city, especially black children to get, gain these skills in the tech world while in public school. Cause I remember there was a time where like in my high school, they had like kids who could do like, like learners to be like a mechanic, or a plumber or a hairdresser and you would graduate high school with these skills and be able to get a good job right and so i don't think that is really there anymore and so with you know of course with with the world moving into such a, a digital space i think that if i'm able to implement this program within public schools and these students go through this program for four years and they're getting these certs and and they're able to graduate and get a, a good paying job and so, like, that's, like, my long-term goal. Like, I just really, really, really want to help people. And I know with tech, um, I can definitely change lives, so. That's what's up. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much kind of similar to me. I always help people out. But the reason why I stopped doing it for free is, number one, I, it do take out time out of my day to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Number two, the person you help respects it when they pay for it. I agree. So it's just like, ain't nobody trying to waste. I don't care if you pay me a dollar or five dollars. You're not trying to waste your money. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, number three is, you know, I had to put so much investment, you know, with money and stuff like that into my career that, you know, you're getting an investment anyways. And for me, if anybody goes to the site, you know, I don't have, you know, super expensive stuff right now. It's, and so if they go to it's like, yeah, he's trying to help. Like I gave the example, like, this past week, I think it's like only been two weeks. Like my latest client, like it's been like two weeks, and uh, he had he's found him a security analyst role. Um, nice coming from IT support, and we just was talking about it. I was like, "Yeah, man, my subscription service cancel at any time. You could so you cancel today. You know, <laughs> it's is more so. I like I kind of like I think I'm gonna start pushing my subscriptions a little bit more. And it's not because of oh I'm trying to get a hundred people in, but I think it's the better benefit for people because they can always come back. Um, or cancel, but they just get more benefit than maybe paying the the one time thing where right. they don't talk to me as often. Right. But so I definitely feel that, and I've also thought about eventually getting to a point where I can go back to like my high school or coordinate and just okay. ask them about curriculums and what are they showing. Like when we were in high school, they did have this thing where you can go to think called the career center. I think they loosely touched on networking, but from where I'm from, it's not, um, 
a big area for like, especially like cybersecurity. Like mm-hmm. it was, it's still only like one place you can technically kind of work at around here oh, wow. for it. And um, that's pretty much what that is. So I don't know if that'll ever change in the area, but that's why I'm happy. It's funny. Like I actually recently just had like my first Hispanic uh, consultation the other day, but most of the people that reach out to me, uh, it might be, I don't know if it's neck and neck, but I think it's mostly like black women. And then you got mm-hmm. some black men. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy that, you know, they're finding out about it. Um, I originally, I got my master's. Instead of going to cybersecurity, I, I did my master's in IT management mm-hmm. for the fact that I knew eventually I'd be in management because it's also give me the ability to bring people in that I want to bring in. Right. So, and I mean, I, I have a say so in that now as well. So. That's the reason why I kind of moved the way I did once I figured out, okay, boom, I'm, I'm going to go this route. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then that's going to help me achieve my goal of, you know, having people that look like me at work. Because, man, the misnomer about us is, like, we don't work. But truth be told, a lot of times we was never in the spaces to work. And it'd be the others that be at bull. Man, listen, I, um, I have so many... <laughs> I have so many. It's okay. So I'll say this. I have so many experiences, especially like in the beginning of my career. And I think it's such a blessing that people who are like better than us or are coming into tech, there are maybe, you know, at least one other black person there or somebody that looks like them. Right. When I first got it, it was all white men. Um, so um, like I had to, I felt like I had to look a certain way, I had to talk a certain way. And now like one of my teams is like, all black women, like including myself, like there's not even a man there. It's just all from the director all the way down. Um, but I think that is, you know, we once we're in that space, like you say, of that management space, like we gonna move how we move, and that's to always help us, like, and that's that's natural. So I think that um, is we have. I think we have to get into this space, whether and that I guess that's tech, but then we also have to move into these management and director roles to really create change. So I think it's you're definitely moving in the right direction. So, yeah, yeah, especially you know my I, man, it's crazy because I can't. I'll tell you offline. I can't divorce too much because uh, people be paying attention to what I be saying now. Right, but. And what my team, I've been trying to get like, you know, a black woman on my team for the longest mm-hmm. and because for two things, they're a great analyst. They already lurk for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you got a girl, they're going to come find something from yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> I, even, I didn't even know you then. But for that reason, and I know they was going to work there, work hard because they know they don't, those opportunities are plentiful for them. And it was going to show pretty much most of the men up. And I know if I make them get uncomfortable, they're going to either do one or two things, complain or quit. And I'm happy with either one. But that hadn't happened yet. But the reason why I brought up the other is the reason why I was up late, because we had a situation happen yesterday that could have been prevented from a person who technically should have been fired. Mm. I don't know why my company um, makes it so hard to fire people, but. That dude should have been fired. And, uh, was it more like a dis- disgruntled employee or was it more like he just wasn't doing his job? Somebody that don't care. That, that's really... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty much where that goes. And I'm just like, everybody... Uh, actually, I can say this because, I mean, this is how I, I know him. We work together at two companies. So uh, me, Tayon Tech, 
And then my other coworker were like the three black guys on the team. It was like the three nice. best people at one point in time wow. when we was there. So that's what it is when it comes to that. We always come in and work hard and shoot, I came from the bottom. <laughs> like you say you worked yeah. at that, so <laughs> yeah, but even even before that though, throughout college I worked at Target. So Oh wow! Like, okay. Even help this was a, a step up, but help this actually like people rag on help this. I think it depends on the help that you're on. Like it's funny that when you said your first role, you did get a secret clearance. I was doing uh, help this for TSA, so I had to get a secret clearance. Nice. And that, that help this was pretty cool in the sense that since it's in a government environment, everything is really controlled. So once you know you get the hang up, you straight because they don't make too many changes in a, you know a government setting. And but you know what I'm saying, bro? Help desk, though, in, in the government space, because I, I I really have a lot of government contracting experience. Government, con- especially because I'm much higher up than what I was when I started, the mm-hmm. help desk is really a good, sweet spot for organizations within the government that um, it's almost like that gatekeeper to, like, complaints to the CIO. Like, you, like I've seen stuff where another CIO has, like, hit an RCO, like, my computer that just shut off. Like, what? And so, like, her, like, an RCO is a female, but she's, like, you know, like, and, like, you know, within us, why didn't they call the help desk? Like, if the help desk would have, you know, they would have called the help desk, then this would have been a result. So I think, you know, kind of that help, like, help desk, like, frontline defense of, like, a lot, a lot of issues. And you have to be so patient. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Especially I mean, then, if they do it right, they'll let you know uh, what type of user you're talking to when they call in. But it gave me uh, some incredible soft skills. Like, I was able to, first of all, I used to talk to people from everywhere. So I started recognizing where people would be from certain areas. Uh, I started, I forget a lot of the acronyms for the airports, but we were watching that um, new Michael B. Jordan movie yesterday. And uh, he was like, yeah, I'm headed to Washington, Dallas. And I was like, I think that's IAD. It is. <laughs> See, I used to, I we like that's the way you had to like kind of say a lot of things, and it um it was pretty it was pretty cool. Um, it really helped you solve problems because you know you could call in a certain way. I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna approach this conversation this way because she's really not mad at me. She mad her stuff don't work. Right. And, and so it's one of those things. But at the same time, it's not something you want to stay in. Uh, a lot of the clients that you know, if you ever had to help this person, they've been there over a year or two and now they get pigeonholed into help this stuff because people don't want to try to put them in other crap. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things about TV, man. If you do help this a year, six months and, and get out, uh, honestly. I agree. That's how I feel about that one. Man, while I was talking, I thought about something else that I was going to ask you and um, I forgot about it. We'll just roll like this. Did you go to college in a DC area? No, I went to the illustrious North Carolina A and T State okay. University. Okay. So. NCAT. Yeah. NCAT, right? Aggie Pride. Uh, NCAT, A and T. Um, okay. you know, whatever one you want to call it, but That's as long as you're not saying AT and T. Um. Yeah, I think I think one of my coworkers. I think she went to that school too. Mm-hmm. I think Austin went there. I'm about to ask her did she go there, but uh, that's what's up, man. Um. So technically, always been on the East Coast then for you, huh? Yes, definitely always on the East Coast. Um, I think I know what I want to say. So I think you said it earlier because you already ran computers and you did international studies. 
Um, how did you exactly get that first tech role? Was it just networking? Somebody knew your dad or you just knew somebody just applied? I mean, okay, sure. That- so yeah, um, I, my first tech role was just through me applying. So in college, I'll say, and I tell people this all the time. If you want a new job, make a job out of getting a new job. If you know you hate that job, you better make a, I mean, even when I was in college and I wanted to get my first job or internship that summer, I used to spend eight hours applying for a job. Like I'm not playing. And I have a spreadsheet, like this is where I apply for. So I was getting amazing internships in the the summer. Um, So I had a good resume when I graduated. Um, And so I think, and honestly, it's so much easier, I think, um, in where I live in the D.C. area, because there's so many government agencies. So it's a lot of jobs here, um, a lot of private companies, too. But I just simply applied. Um, and that um, and they called me back. And it's funny you said, you know, it's it's funny. When I got hired, my boss told me that he wanted to hire a black woman. And so. I don't, I, I don't know how he knew I was a black. Oh, I guess he found out I was a black woman once I got to the interview. So my, my resume was strong, right? But when I got to the interview, uh, I did well. Um, but when I finally got really, really close and cool with my boss, he's like, yeah, I, I need to hire a black woman. Like, and I, I wanted to know why, but I didn't, I didn't ask why, but I was probably, I got the role and I got my clearance. So it was a very, very, very good, reputable company too. Uh, it was at BAE Systems. So I was like, oh, my bag after this. <laughs> Yeah, I know why he, he wanted to hire you. It's the same reason, you know, man, <laughs> he's the villain on the internet best because people don't listen to him. But um, kind of like what uh, Kev Samuel said about uh, one of his positions when he had to start up a team, he pretty much the first person he hired was a black woman. Mm-hmm. And black women dwell in like management and lead type of roles because y'all always act like y'all somebody mama. <laughs> and y'all want to get stuff done. And um if you need something to get done, that works because you know y'all not gonna be passive about it because like shit, they gonna fire me first. But right. <laughs> but yeah. that's what's up, man. I, I feel like, and here's the thing too. One of my gripes about school. One of my first clients last year went to my same um, school. I went to Louisiana Tech. Okay, nice. And they had the same. I graduated, I'm sounding like an old head, but I graduated in November of 2013. Oh, wow. How old are you? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm young. 2010. Well, 11, 11, yeah, 2011. Yeah. And yeah, nah, I'll be uh, the big 30 next year, nice. uh, next March. But they had the same curriculum that I had. And none of that stuff that we did in the curriculum was really useful. And I was like, why are they still teaching these people the same stuff they taught me? seven eight years ago mm. that's an issue and i don't know how many colleges are still teaching the same curriculum which is why you see the rise of self-studying boot camps like you know even now when i had a con they asked me about oh should i get this sir i was like man look do this you know take your time because i'm not trying to have you spending all this money and you still be out here with your hands out because mm-hmm. you can't find what you want doing because you're not executing your plan properly but that's been one of the things too, is like, I definitely need to figure out a way to probably, I've been thinking about trying tapping in with them and seeing uh, if they would take, you know, my expertise on some things. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely see how that goes. Yeah. But 
So what are for I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna pivot back to MBS Tech. Mm-hmm. For MBS Tech, what roles, I guess, do you say if you was to say right now the people that come help you, which ones do you specialize in the most that people come to you for? You know, I feel like, you know, I'll I'll go back to the question that you asked about how did I get my first role in tech? Um, I think back then and some people who aren't in tech, too, I don't I really don't think that people like people really have this notion that you have to be super technical. You have to be um, you have to know how to code, which I don't know how to code. Um, I have no desire to have a code. Um, But people think you have to have these super technical skills and you don't. And so my program, because I had one, I, um, I, I'm bilingual. So that was, that was a plus in my, in the, in the, um, language. language. Spanish. I actually lived in Costa Rica um, after I graduated college um, to learn Spanish. I just studied Spanish for eight hours at eight hours a day at a language school because I knew I had this international relations degree. I'm like, okay, but girl, do you know how to speak Spanish? Like, you know, you know, what's international about you? So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, instead of getting a new car, let me go, to, let me have my parents send me to Costa Rica to live and learn Spanish. And so, um, so I already had, I had that skill. I can speak Spanish and the, the missile was funded by some Spanish speaking countries. Um, and, um, a lot. My my team was older white men, so they didn't know how to speak Spanish. Um, and um, and then I had like this project management type of skill set. So all of that, I was in a tech space, but I wasn't necessarily doing tech. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I had I me mean, being that person that can speak to you know your technical people and kind of transfer that stuff so it sounds like plain language to people who aren't technical was helpful. So. Um, yeah, like you don't have to be super technical to get into these tech spaces. Um, there's so many different roles within tech that do not require technical skills. Um, but let me get back to your question. So I am, in regards to MBS tech, I always try to see where, because a lot of people are coming from a space that is not technical. Um, and so I, I assess like, what are your strong suits? Um, and so I figure out what, type of path you can go down that will help you get into tech and so it's not a a one you know one stop like a one size fits all for just like oh yeah if you want to come to me to do this then yeah but I I think I know so many different roles I I feel like I've I've been in tech for almost 10 years maybe maybe longer than that so I know what what the tech space looks like so I can definitely assist a lot of a lot of different range of people with getting into tech it doesn't have to be one type of role or one I mean yeah cyber yeah I can, I can help you get into that but also ITSM project management um so it's a wide range yeah that's um definitely just a pivot off of uh, what you said about not being technical I'll tell people all the time like one of my clients uh she wants to be more technical, but she is probably about to get offer like a, a project management role that's in tech. But it's like the I think one of the good one of the better qualities of being like, you know, you want whatever you want to call it, career coach, advisor, counselor, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the better qualities is is getting people to see, you know, the skills that they do have, like. Um, I spoke to you about like my first suspended caller. Shout out to Paul. Most of my, a lot of my people come from my Twitter and YouTube. Nice. So a lot of times people watch the of my YouTube videos. They're like, you know, I want to do something similar to him. And he's currently in fiscal security. So one, I was telling him that 
there are spaces for physical security in cybersecurity. But two, I explained to him that technically what he does, you do technically what a SOC analyst does at like a lower level that's physical. And then when I made it make sense for him, he was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's the that's the goal. Stuff like that. What what you say? So like, when, how did you kind of um, help him better understand like how he could work in a soft role? Like, so I start asking them questions like, for example, we most know most security guards work at a desk. So I was like, I'm pretty sure that you've been at what X amount of time you've been at that specific building. You know, a lot of times you recognize who's normal, who's not. Um, you look at other things like on your screen when you can see stuff going on. I say it's similar in the SOC environment. You know, once you learn your environment, you like what's normal traffic, what's bad traffic, what's something you don't recognize that you may need to look into just to make sure it's nothing. I say so it's the same type of mindset. You just have to translate it over to the job. Nice. And and that's kind of like normally even what I do like for um, that. I had one guy. Um, I think his name was Nicholas. Shout out to Nick. He um, has been an EMT most of his life. And I, I directed him directly to incident response. I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen different things with people. You recognize right away, oh, this is what's going on with him. But him, I said, you know, same thing with incident response. He was like, yeah, I was looking into that. So I think that's one of those good things, too, is where sometimes a lot of people want to go straight and go different really to something that, you know, which they can do eventually. But sometimes I focus on, say, oh, you're – skill set fits this right now we can pivot into that later but just get in the door <laughs> just get in the door and then you can work on everything else later and and, and that's what I, I focus on i telling people that too and um you know i'm also one of the people that I don't tell people to be i'm a mix in between you being greedy and not um for my client that literally got the offer yesterday we talked as i talked to him talked to him some more i said like, you know what I'm going to make this your discretion to see if you actually want to go back and counter because honestly, he kind of was like, well, not like me because I was getting paid more than he was at the time when I had got my first cyber role. Mm -hmm. But the way he was getting underpaid in his IT support role, I was like, yeah, bro, take it because his situation doesn't happen too often. It was like, it been in with two or three weeks, he got a sec plus and he started he really just started, he was like, well, the last two people are like the the clients who've actually been really, that uh, utilized subscription plans who listen to me when I say, all right, this is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell people in my article that every time when I talk to people, because I kind of, I'm kind of like a record player when I tell them stuff. So eventually I will have my facts section up on my um, site. But I was like, listen, all the shebang and the, the tools and the degrees and the certs, all that's fun. But if you don't go sell yourself, nobody will find you. I was like, we need to get you on, you know, whether you're on Twitter or LinkedIn, that's how you're going to land the role. And sure it's enough. That- say that um, because um, I tell people all the time, I, I'm trying I'm trying to think. So back in the Stone Age, just, I think I'm so old, I'm not even that old. But when I first was applying for jobs, like I used to use like Craigslist, which is like so old. And um, LinkedIn, but since Craigslist is like nobody uses that anymore, <laughs> it's probably scams on there uh, now. But um, LinkedIn has been my—I don't—I have not applied for a job in years. I, somebody's always reaching out to me on LinkedIn, and I tell people make sure that LinkedIn is 
tip top shape because and you have that your setting set to that you're all, you're looking for a job and I keep mine on all the time because I'm always looking for a new opportunity um and I tell people um when a recruiter or whoever reaches out to you that means that they want you they found you and now they're reaching out to you to, if you're interested so I mean, not to say that I haven't applied for jobs, but all of my jobs, like I would say, I don't know. It's been a while since I actually applied for a job and got the job. Someone's always found me on LinkedIn. Oh, no, man. Look, somebody, same way with me. And that's another thing where I tell some people who aren't in the space that don't know what the veterans know. I'm like, you can't fool me. Because if I look at your resume or something like that, and you got you know X amount of years experience, but you're not getting calls or interviews, something isn't adding up. Because when you got the experience and the, the right tool set and the buzzwords, you can't stop them from finding your inbox. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, like I really tell people, like LinkedIn is like low hanging fruit when it comes to jobs. Like you don't even have as long as if you invest the money or if you invest the time, whatever you should do to make sure your LinkedIn is on point, that's low-hanging fruit when it comes to a job. Like people will find you. And what better way to find land a new job than someone to come find you? <laughs> and look, and since since this actually turned to a LinkedIn segment, what are some let's let's go like with three tips um that you would you know advise somebody to do when it comes to their LinkedIn. Okay, three tips. Um, I would make sure that if you are in a tech space and you have certifications, that you use your, I got the name of the badge. There's a badge that you get when you obtain certification. I the claim badge. Make sure that is on there so that people do not have to feel, um, have to even look or doubt or anything, your technical skills when it comes to your cert. That is something that you should definitely have on your LinkedIn. Um, just to prove your proven skills there. I will also get, um, what's really helped me is to have people write recommendations for you on LinkedIn. I've asked my supervisor, I actually typed up a recommendation for my supervisor before I left the job, sent it to them, and they just sent it and put it on my LinkedIn. And these are from people in high spaces. So um, definitely have those recommendations on there. And I will always make sure, I'm probably do four, make sure that um, your LinkedIn has your latest. Every time you do something new um, or innovative or problem solved or project is completed, put that on your resume. Put that on your resume. And always keep your, um, make sure that in your computer that you are always looking for a job. Nice. Yeah. Recommendations are huge. Uh, shout out to Roshan. Roshan gave me like my latest and greatest recommendation um, that I didn't even know he was going to put that spin on it like that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add one uh, to what you uh, mentioned. So this will be tip five. Mm-hmm. Have a good profile photo. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah. And then if you're a guy, um, you know, and I'm not being I'm not like I don't really believe in colorism, but I'll put it like this. You know, if you're handsome or not. So if you ain't got a haircut and you ain't smiling, you in a dark room, you might scare some recruiters off. So you need to get you a good headshot with you smiling or at least not looking scary or intimidating, because at the end of the day, it's going to be people over process. So. The people have to work there and you got to look approachable. So that's one of the just like, you know, the issues, you know, you run into like trying to holler at a girl, you know, when you out because, you know, she got that meme, uh, she got the RBF on and she looking mean. You're like, All right, you know, I guess you don't want nobody to come talk to you. You keep on right. walking. So that's one of the things you got to work on for your for your LinkedIn. 
And to segue into kind of what you talked about, you know, putting on your LinkedIn and your resume, that's true. I always try to tell people to, um, well, some people, if they have enough experience, I'll add like a highlight section of like some high level exciting things that they did in their roles because that always stands out because recruiters don't have that long when they're looking at resumes. That's what I tell people. Like some people are putting a bullet for everything they did at work. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, this let's summarize what you did at work and let's add like some bullet points for like nice things you did at work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see, I'm not going to read everything you did at work. It just takes too long. It is, it's not appealing to look at. So that's another little jewel out there. Guys, summarize your work history and make accomplishments or bullet points within your uh, job experience section. And, and make sure your better. resume and your LinkedIn match. Do not like, because recruiters will say, hey, you know, I came across your LinkedIn, yada, yada, yada. If you're interested, can you send me the latest, um, you know, your latest copy of your resume and a good time to reach you. And then you'll send, and then I, I mean, I know people who sent in a, a dated, outdated resume. I'm like, what? Make sure those things match. You got to make sure, yeah. you know. Matter of fact, sometimes for for some things like, uh, well, I can say this because I, I do it. I tell people this is just like kind of like working out. If you want to stay ahead of your game, like you said, leave your stuff always on open to work and just interview, start interviewing. Because one, it, it shows you what they're looking for and it can show you what your weaknesses are. Um, but with the interviews and that going on, I had a brain fart. I'm mad. <laughs> That's why I tried to filibuster the, what I was going to say about uh, starting the interview process. Uh, oh, I started crafting, like, depending on what it was, there's, oh, send me your latest. I'll go and craft it. And I used to do simple stuff. Sometimes I ain't go and change my, my summary. I might just put, here's another uh, gem, guys. Like, you can put, when you're applying to a role, you can title in that resume what, like, what the role is. So, Whatever it was, I think one of them was like lead security analyst or remote, whatever. I would throw that in there. And certain times when I see some of the job screens, I'll say, you know, I use Splunk in my role. So let me put exactly what they said. Oh, I made Splunk dashboards and, mm-hmm. yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a little bit of stuff you guys can do just to, uh, to stand out. Don't go on there and just, lying. you know, yeah. You know, why are you always lying? Don't be lying, man. Tell the people, you know, hey, if you don't know something, you don't know it. They will respect you for telling the truth and lying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like, okay, I'll say this. Like, I'm not saying like flat out lie, but you can you can tweak stuff where it's not a lie, but it's 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 not 100% the truth, but it's not a lie. You know what I mean? Like, if you know you've been, you know, you added some web parts on SharePoint, but you know you're not back in development. Don't say you're a SharePoint developer, but you can definitely speak to how you, you know, you use SharePoint to, you know, improve process, improve or da da da. Like you can still do that, but don't don't take don't you know. People yeah. definitely lie on their resume, and yeah, and, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go right here. I got two things to throw in. Number one is like if you're gonna lie. Know what you lied about on your resume. At least talk talk a good game. Even if you don't know how to do it, you get, get to the job then and be like, man, shoot, I'm on Google just like everybody else. But that's something I want to touch on. So far, I don't know why that DMV area makes it so hard on y'all when it comes to getting regular jobs in cyber. 
I think the cyber industry, I don't even think it's just our area. I think it's the cyber industry itself is they like want a lot of experience. They want people to come in with experience. And that's just not the case. It's so funny you said that because I was on a call with my director um, and that company said that the demand for cybersecurity professionals is so high, but they cannot find people to fill those roles. And that's across the board. And they have now found, now created a program within their company. This is a huge tech company. Um, they have founded a pro- created a program within their company for people, anybody who works there to go through this process, go through this, go through this, you know, this process, this course um, to help find create these people to fill these job roles and i'm talking about from the i mean not from the bottom but from um sales support customer service whoever is interested they are now like kind of crafting these people through their program in-house so that they can then fill these roles um i just i think it's the thing i think it's across the board people just want cybersecurity professionals to have experience and you can't i mean you're not going to get that you're not going to find that everywhere See, I don't, but it can't. This is the reason why, um, and not what you're talking about as, as the industry as a whole, they want stuff that don't even make sense on some of their roles. I will kid you not when I'm going through stuff with um, clients and we're just looking, I'll show them some skills they need to work on. And I'll just feel it for entry level. I show them a way like, you can read this and know this is an entry level. I'm like, you can pay attention to the job duties. I don't really care about the years because that's just cap. Just pay attention to what it's actually to do. Because certain people wouldn't know how to do something unless you already did it before at a high level. But why I'm fixated on D.C. or DMV area, because I've noticed a trend with them one people have like seven certs and five years. So you do have the things where they have programs going on trying to help people. And, you know, it, it is some stuff where it's fabricated. But in this sense, I understand why. But I don't know what it's going to take for them to like kind of lower that down because all these people should be hired because they want to work. They are people that are putting in the money and the effort to, you know, get the knowledge. But now they're kind of stuck because they're still going through the ringer. I will say um, I mentioned solar winds that affected um, a lot of government agencies and um, So I'll say this. I'll say that the the government, in my opinion, has now changed their thoughts and feelings about that. Um, because <laughs> solar winds was huge, um, and I don't think people. I mean, and if your listeners are definitely if they're interested in cybersecurity. Understand? I mean, understand how that supply chain, you know, attack kind of work, and you know, just the ins and outs of that. And why it's so important because it was such widespread. It got to, um, a, you know, like military. I mean, it just was bad. And then the thing about it is, they don't even know if they even resolved the issue. Like they because they did it so so good that they don't even know if they actually even fixed it. Um, but the government has now kind of in in the crazy. And I'll say this too: the government didn't wasn't even the one who knew about it first. So it's that private government piece that kind of needs to come together. Um, and work together much, much closely. But the, I feel like now, because my agency was affected by it, um, I think that the government is kind of changing um, their thoughts and feelings on experience. Um, that was such a huge hit. Um, 
And so they, they know they need to fill these roles. And I think they're completely aware because that call was with, you know, with my agency and, a, and a, another tech organization. Um, and so they are aware. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take to change, create change, but they are definitely aware. Um, so. Okay. Well, that's good. You know, because I tell people all the time when they call me and I say, man, I tell them, I said, look, expand your search to, to the U.S. because there's a lot of remote stuff. I was like, you could you can you can get in somewhere. Um because I have a friend who's a, a Izzo and uh she's in the area. She was talking about a guy who lied about everything and oh no he didn't know how to do nothing. And so that he should just been straight up or whatever. I think I was gonna actually I think one of the tools that uh Izzo uses was emails. Yes. We use a lot of different things. Um yeah, I I seen them on like some of y'all resumes, emails and, and some of the other stuff. And they wanna make sure y'all know how to use that. Yeah, have you seen CSAM on there or Spider? Um, I might have. I've only looked at a couple ISO uh, resumes, mm-hmm. so only a only a couple. But I'm glad I, I have somebody directly to pivot them to now because that like man, but yeah, my homegirl, she's an ISO, uh, and she's at 400k. Um, so the once you get in, I can say like, and I think the biggest thing too is the clearance part of things too, especially with our area. A lot of people want you to have a clearance. A clearance is expensive. So a lot of companies want you to already have that, but you're like, well, how am I supposed to get one if no one's offering me a clearance? Um, <laughs> there are, um, I will say there are some unpaid internships. If you're maybe, maybe you can work two jobs. Maybe you can, you're just fresh out of college and you're willing to, but there are some unpaid um internships within the government that will so if you're in school um and you want to do a semester of an internship with let's say state department i know they're giving out clearance secret clearances um for unpaid position for the fall so like you just say hey i'm gonna thug it out i'm gonna do this but i don't have my clearance in the long run that will help you in the end um so just trying to think of creative ways to people get jobs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I know ways. I, I mean, we both know the ways. It just takes longer than what they wanted to take, and I yeah. and I can totally understand that. Uh, you know, I actually need to check on one of my old clients from last year. I'm probably text them or something today. But I'm trying to think if we if we covered everything. I think we did. Now this is something that you didn't want to say and, and cover. Oh, I just, I mean, if we are at the end, I just, I wanted to um, offer, um, if anyone is interested in obtaining the Security Plus, um, I guess we can kind of create rules for, I'll do a giveaway, I'll sponsor someone for the Security Plus, I'll pay for their voucher. Um, So I guess maybe they can follow you, follow me, and they will pick a winner. But I don't know how you want to do it, but maybe they can listen to this, because this will be at the end, so we can say, you know, to the, you know, the full episode, Mm -hmm. I know how to win. So maybe if they follow you, I, I don't really care for attention. I don't really, I don't, I mean, I re- that's why I told you again, like I want to roll where I don't have to have so much attention on me. But if they want to, if you want, you know, they want them to follow you on, you know, subscribe to your YouTube, follow you on Instagram, follow you on Twitter. Maybe they can follow my MBS tech page, mm-hmm. personal page, and then we'll pick a winner. You and I will just pick a winner. Um, and I'll yeah, pay. I mean, I, I, think, I think that'll work, um, especially, I'm probably drop snippets of this throughout the week and like tune in you don't want to miss this episode tune in to the end for you know yeah so i'm definitely happy to offer a security plus voucher um so. yeah 
I'm trying to see, we, and I'm probably do something like, did we just talking at the end? It might be on some like, you know, hey, in order to, you know, get that voucher, you might have to tell us, you know, what was Miranda's undergrad major or something like that. Nice. Okay. Cool. But I definitely have them like subscribe to your YouTube and follow you on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. They, I mean, I, I got another giveaway I'm going to do for some like monitor arms anyway. Okay, that cool. I can't use. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, and I'll pick the winner on the 15th. That way, that's at least two weeks for people to do it, give them time. And then I'll just um, pay for their voucher. Sure, man. Man, this has been uh been good. We definitely got a lot to learn about you and you know, we could foster, you know, this relationship even more, hopefully to do more great things in the space. Yes, um, yes. I especially in my my next program, my doctoral program, and then going on to like create my like my summer programs for 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 black kids. Um <laughs> But definitely, you know, Foster, maybe you can come and speak. Maybe you can help me put the program together. Whatever we can kind of do to work together to do that. Um, yeah, I would love to work with you in the future. So, Sure thing. Um, can you tell guys like your website or anything else you want to, to follow you on for you? Uh, we let you out of here. Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram at mbs.tech there. I kind of, um, I don't say drop gems, but I definitely provide resources for you to obtain security um, so, you know, knowledge or certs or whatever the case may be there. Um, I'm really, I'm starting to get more active on there now. Um, so definitely follow that. You can visit me at um, mbs.tech.io. And yeah, um, I look forward to working with everyone or, you know, just following and getting some knowledge. So. That's what's up. Everybody, you guys know where to reach me at. Um, all of my stuff is always in the links. Uh, Techno Chatter YouTube. Textual Consulting Instagram. I forgot what my Twitter is all the time, but it's there too. You guys can find me on there. Um, but hey, it's been another episode of Let's Talk Tech. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. And yeah, let's stop recording.